This is Leafs Breakfast. Welcome into Leafs Breakfast. The Toronto Maple Leafs host the New York Rangers tonight and on a snowy evening to be expected here in Toronto. Karolnik and Koliakovo with you. Not in Toronto right now is our guest here this morning around the table. Our man Dave Poole and live from Montreal. Bonjour, Dave. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Oh, we're Great. Doing good. good morning. Yeah, I was fully entertained with a game last night, and you go to a game in late January, and you sort of want to see what a five-team loss in late January looks like in the Boston Bruins, and they pretty much followed script, and they found a way to win. Montreal played very well, and Montreal has been playing well, as as Lee fans know from their Saturday night game, and it was very, you know, similar type of game, hard competing and back and forth, but... Man, Leighton, in each of the three periods, so I'm going to say four minutes left in the first and a couple minutes left in each of the second and third, all of a sudden, number 37, number 63, and number 88 are back together. What a formula. And, you know, and and it made me think about, you know, there's been so much talk about the flip, Nylander, Marner, how it goes, but is there the super combo amongst the three? Is it Nylander, Marner, and Matthews that you could construct for the last three or four minutes. Now it's not fair to compare them to that other line because that other line is played together so much and it's like putting them back together. Posternak is now third in the league in scoring, playing with David Krejci and you don't want to mess that up, but what an option late in the period. It just causes havoc and it caused havoc each of the three times they did it late in the periods last night and led the winning goal by Patrice Bergeron late in that third period. So, Pooley, you just touched on the Boston Bruins, and they are a big topic of the NHL because of how incredible they're playing this season. When coming into a season where not many people expected them to be this good because of the injuries and some of the changes they made in the offseason, but with that win yesterday, they improved their record to 38-5-4. and They've become the fastest team in NHL history to get to 80 points. I mean, you saw this live firsthand. I mean, we watched the Boston Bruins on TV what is it about them that makes them this good? I asked that exact same question to Marty San Luis yesterday morning, Carlos. So, and, you know, because I had looked at the construction of the team and, and, you know, and I speak about patience when I talk to fan groups. And the fans actually get mad at me when I talk about patience. They think that I'm bailing out. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not bailing out at all. I, I'm saying you continue to work, you continue to get better. But you have to understand how hard it is. And you go to that draft of Boston and you say, okay, it started, the first tree was planted in 2003 with Patrice Bergeron, 2004 with David Krejci, 2006 with Brad Marchand. So there's your three pillars, if you will. That's 20 years ago. 20 Mm -hmm. years ago. And now as gradually as guys come in, and by the way, those were a second, a second, and a third draft pick. Wow. And the next major piece, you know, added was arguably 2012 with Grislick. And, you know, he's a good piece, not, you know, not overpowering. He goes off to college, comes back four years later. But then the superstar in 2014 is David Posternak. And then in 2015, they missed totally. Well, not totally. They got Jake DeBrusque out of it. But they basically miss on that draft. Their three draft picks are ahead of Barzell Connor, Kyle Connor, and, and Thomas Shabbat. So they take Zaboral, DeBrusque, and Sinitian, and, and the next three picked are Barzell, Connor, and Shabbat. 
<laughs> That's wild. That is- it's crazy. It's almost impossible to say you have three picks in a row at 13, 14, and 15, and then 16, 17, and 18 are those three guys. Yeah. And yet they've continued to plug away. They've continued to be patient. They've continued to go. They've had ebbs and flows. They had their cup in 2011, um, and, and they've kept going. And so it's funny, the anger created when you talk about patience, and I've talked about it in Ottawa lately, and you could say, well, their first pick of this current team is 2015, Thomas Shabbat, and then their next one is 2018. Well, that's not that long ago with Brady Kachuk. And they want, they want to be the Boston Bruins right now, and that's not the way it works. And so it's, it's that, Carlo, it, it's that locker room foundation that you have and as you bring players in and then they've continued to tweak and build and tweak and build and they've made some really good trades and the Hampus Lindholm deal that was a good trade flat out in a day when everyone says you can't make trades you can't make trades you can't make trades well they gave up some things and they gave up some draft picks and they gave up a, a firm uh, first rounder that they had taken uh, Vikanen Vikanen and, and and so you know they they They've made deals. I mean, Donnie Sweeney has made some trades. He traded for Taylor Hall when Taylor Hall wanted to get out of Buffalo and, and made that work. And the trading thing is is what's professed to be the hardest thing, and it's really hard because you don't want to give up players that you like. But in order to trade for today's team, you have to give up players that you potentially like, and that's part of it. It's just part of it. Their attention to detail is is good. Even when they don't play a perfect game, they're good. I mean, they're deep and they're good. And Lindholm now balances McAvoy. So you've got two guys back there. And, and their goaltending has been remarkable, guys. And Swayman's a draft pick. And you don't know a lot about him. He's a college kid. He played at Maine for three years. He can't even get the net. He's now 12-3-3. and three, And he can't get the net. <laughs> it's stupid he, what's going on in Boston, Dave. He can't get it's, the it's, net because of, ridiculous. of Allmark. He just well, can't get the net. Oh, and the Leafs, and Dave Poulin, our hockey analyst, guest here on Leafs Breakfast, the Leafs are, are 14 points behind Boston. They have, Boston has a game in hand on them. The Leafs are 29-11-8. It's not like they're having some terrible season. It's just that Boston has been an unstoppable force from start to finish, or at least to this point in the season. And you mentioned Pasternak and Martian and Krejci and Bergeron. The Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, I think when all is said and done, they'd be thrilled if they can get the type of production over the long term from guys like Marner and Matt and Nylander and John Tavares. And Carlo and I were talking in hour number one of the show about how the Leafs are kind of mixing and matching the lines. We saw the Matthews and Marner combo reunited. We'll see it again tonight against the Rangers. Do you think Sheldon Keefe is... Like, I think when, when all is said and done, game one of the playoffs, you probably see Matthews and Marner together because that's a proven force. And Nylander and Tavares, whoever's on the left side is one thing. But is this one of those situations where they have all this time, we kind of know where they're going to situate as far as the playoffs go, let's try a number of different combinations leading up to it? I think not knowing exactly what you're doing is better than knowing. Um, because that creates a little bit of doubt on the other team's side as well in terms of their preparation. And it also creates a little energy on your side. And, you know, and I was fortunate because I played with the same two guys for the better part of, I don't know, five or six years, and that's Timmy Kerr and Brian Propp. And when you went in the locker room and that, that line was altered a little bit, it sort of gave you a little jolt that day or that week or that, you know, even longer than that where you said, okay, well, it's either – I want to play with those guys again, or what have I got new here? And when you go in and get somebody a little bit different and is, you know, with those four, it's hard to argue that they're different, but they are different. 
and just changing them up within, I think, is a benefit to the Leafs and a challenge for those guys specifically. And show me what you have. And because the looks are a little bit different when they do switch roles, that's an advantage for the Leafs. It's like you have two different options rather than, you know, than the other team knowing, well, when Marner and Matthews are together, they're really good. Well, guess what? When Nylander and Matthews are together, they're really good. And I think that's an advantage here. Yeah, it's a big time advantage. And, you know, they've, they've, the, the, the group of four guys has done an outstanding job carrying this team this year that has really made Sheldon Key's job easy when he wants to make the switch whenever he decides to make it. So a, a lot more of that as they continue to shuffle through their lineups. But, Pooley, um, you said you were in Montreal last night and you watched the, the, the Bruins and the Canadians. And I'm curious if you listened to Gary Bettman's um, uh, press conference yesterday when he addressed tanking in the NHL, and he said that nobody tanks. I, I mean, I'm curious to know your thoughts on his comments um, because I, I don't know if he's trying to be the most hated guy in the NHL, but clearly he's delusional when he says that nobody tanks in the NHL because the Montreal Canadiens are a perfect team that's trying to tank right now with all the decisions they've made. Well, you know, this is something that you know i look at from my standpoint i'm watching games every night and i'm watching first of all carlo you know well players never going to tank i agree never going to tank i agree i agree player coming in to take his job i mean he's simply not (laughs) there's no way Um, a coach is never going to tank because he could very well be on the line a coach is paid to win he's paid to coach he's paid to make players get better but a coach will also coach who he has and the manager controls that. Right. And you're watching situations right now. And the theory that you won't tank because you can't be guaranteed to get the pick if you finish last, you could also turn around if I'm if I'm debating that, you know, Aaron, if I'm debating you on that exact subject, I'm saying, okay, but if I know I'm not going to make the playoffs, I know I'm not going to make the playoffs, um, and, and I finish, you know, ninth worst in the league, I have a chance, so why wouldn't I want to finish eighth or seventh worst? Because I'm not going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so is that tanking if you're trying to increase your odds? And, you know, he's saying that because you're not guaranteed, you'd never do it. The argument is because it is a weighted lottery and you have a chance, it's like saying, well, no one's ever going to buy a lottery ticket because they know they're not going to win. <laughs> right. <But> I, I, <laughs> I do think people buy lottery tickets, and I do think unsuspecting people buy lottery tickets. Right. And because you're in the grocery store and you get held up in line and you look up and you see, I don't know, 18 million is flashing there. And then you get some other number in your mind. You say, you know, I'm going to spend three bucks or I'm going to spend two bucks or I'm going to buy a lottery ticket. I mean, of course, people do. Millions and millions are spent on the lottery every day because there is a chance. Yes, you are exactly right, Dave. And I think especially this year of all years, when you're talking about Connor Bedard is going to be a superstar in the NHL, it makes even more sense to embrace the tank. And you're spot on. The coaches, the players, they don't want to lose. They're not interested in tanking. But front offices and ownership. Let's say you're the Arizona Coyotes. You're the owner of the Coyotes. And your team's winning games. And you have the third best odds to get the number one pick as opposed to the first. And you lose out on Bedard. And the team that has the first has the 20% chance to get him gets Bedard. You're looking at that. That's a significant 
financial move for the value of your franchise, for what's going to happen for the next decade of your team. So it makes sense for an ownership group to be looking at this and be like, all right, guys, Kane, Taves, you're on your way out in Chicago, Arizona. I don't even know who they have. Shane Gostas Bear, take a hike. You're getting yeah. traded. We need to put ourselves Every single lottery ball counts because not only is it a significant financial driver, a guy like Bedard, massive, but he completely alters the face of your franchise for the next decade plus, and and that's an undeniable fact. So coaches and players not interested in any of this, but front offices and ownerships should be. Otherwise, they're not doing their jobs. Yeah, There's no, no question. And the hard part is when you define what it is to tank, well, if you put tank slash rebuild, is that not part of rebuilding to move Kane and Taves and get the draft six back? And that's the goal. And certainly winning the lottery is part of the rebuild, but that's the part you don't control. But the part you do control is altering your lineup today to make it better tomorrow. If you alter your lineup today, you're arguably making it worse. And, you know, just looking through the standings right now, and we'll go back and we'll compare this, you know, moving forward. But right now there's five teams when you look at their winning percentage, that starts with three. So they're winning 30-something percent of their games. There's five teams right now. Anaheim, Arizona, San Jose. Um, you have Columbus. And who am I missing? I'm missing somebody in there. Uh, Montreal's a little Chicago. bit better than that. Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Chicago. So you've got five teams that are in the 30% win range and that are looking – to get better so they look to get weaker because they're moving some of their assets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's semantics. It's, it's defining what it is. You're positioning yourself for a rebuild. If you position yourself for a rebuild, you're making your current team less. You just are. Is that tanking? Arguing. Yes. <laughs> well, I, it is It is tanking. But, again, this is not the NFL where the worst record gets the number one overall pick. I think that's that's really bad. In the NHL, can you imagine what would be going on if that was the case? Like, oh, my God. You know, guaranteed, Arizona, if you have the worst record, you will get Bedard. They would probably, you know, they got 4,500 seats to sell there. Whatever. Yeah. What do they care? Maybe um, Gary but, said that yesterday because he knows who's winning the lottery because he's got a stake in the Arizona true. team. And he's yeah. like, I'm winning, I'm winning the lottery for Arizona this year. Yeah, it yeah. could be. No could one's be. tanking. Or, or or he was standing in Montreal where they might have two chances to win the lottery. That Florida draft pick, Dave, if that Ben Sherrod trade turns into Connor Bedard. <laughs> and it could. I don't think it's it going to happen. Well could. It could. That would, yeah. that, would truly well could. Be, that would truly be the lottery, right? That would be the unexpected. That would be the, yeah. the long shot. But, yeah. but you know, it, it's going to be interesting to watch, and particularly the sales the sales. Um, plans of teams right now, and it's going to ramp up. There's a couple games left before the All-Star break, guys. Everybody will get together during the All-Star break, and the All-Star break is also extended by a bye week, correct? And correct. so there's more team for these time for these guys to get together and chat and figure out what they're going to do. And then you'll have a three-week period before the trade deadline, which I'm really looking forward to because as yeah. I just looked and said, well, there's five teams in the 30% range. There's a couple teams just above it, like Vancouver. What's going to happen? Congrats to Rick talking on winning his first yep. game, guys. Yeah. I stayed up and watched that late last night. And, uh, Who, Lou? And, and he watched his <laughs> first game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Chicago, they did not show up. They had 14 shots in that game. Yeah. 14 shots. I think uh, that that's going to be a, a fascinating storyline to watch. You'll be all over it for us here at TSN Radio, TSN. Uh, enjoy the time in Montreal. We'll chat with you next week, Dave. Enjoy your day, gentlemen. See you, you pal. Uh, Dave Poulin.
our hockey analyst here at TSN. We've got another of our hockey analysts coming up in about 20 minutes. Frankie Corrado will join us. Javon Shepard, our TSN radio Raptors analyst. The Raps begin a seven-game road trip tonight in Sacramento. And when they return home, my guess is they're going to be looking a lot different. And maybe they'll be tanking. Who knows how it plays out. Hour number three, a first stop on the way next.